You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Torah. Yes, Rizcha de Raisa is coming your way. But first, you've heard of me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in up to a 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT Corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder and officers and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check nrspay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now, Rizcha Deraisa, coming your way. Get ready. If it's Erev Shabbos Chazoyin, this must be Rizvodaraisa, our final episode for this season, season seven. Wow. Been quite a season, I think. Incredibly. I can't believe that the season's over. We will be back, usually as we always are, by uh, around Elzman. But uh, hopefully we can give you something in this last program that can sort of get you through the next couple of weeks. Yosef, speaking about the next couple of weeks, the Parsha, starting with Parsha's Dvorim, Veschanan, Ekev, there's many, many references to the beauty, the splendor, the grandeur of Eretz Yisrael, the Bikois, the Sahimois, the Einois Mayim, the Eretz Rechova that we, that we celebrate in Birchas Hamozoin. And, and the truth is, as we are now being misabil and, 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 and being Mithgageyev to return to Eretz Yisrael, for the Rabbi Nishayim to to be Masalik, all the Kitrugim, the Wall Street Journal uh, had a sort of a deep dive into life in B'nai Brak. And when you look at those images, the pictures, it's not exactly something that you can imagine in your mind and say, I, you know, I just have a cheshik for that. It, it's grimy. And you sent me the Facebook post of Professor Omer Malav, who's held a number of prestigious positions according to his uh, Facebook page about the fetid, disgusting state of affairs in the typical B'nai Brock Street. Somehow he got a hold of records and images and he, he has a picture where he, where he circles all the rats that the rat population is, is exploding in B'nai Brock. And that has to do with the primitive way of life that the B'nai Brockers are living, the illegal extensions, to their apartments, the way they dump so much garbage. Into the into the dumpsters, the fact that they don't adhere to the uh, to a modicum of this municipality's rules of cleanliness, you know, it got me thinking. You can go down to a lot, 
You can see the beautiful surf of the Red Sea. You can go at the, the beautiful coastline. You can go to Kasari or any of the places where you can stare at the greatness of the Mediterranean Ocean. There are places where you can see perhaps dunes and but where the where the heart of our people live, those places aren't exactly pretty and beautiful to to think about. Yes, and the ironic thing is that Nebak started off as a farm settlement, a Moshava. And I believe that uh, even until the uh, period of the Khaznish's demise, it was still a farm settlement, an agricultural colony to a certain extent. And uh, then it became this urban blight. So uh, the idea of Eretz Yisrael being Eretz, Tava, Chava, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is not saying, obviously, which is a value by most Haredi Jews. And they're not the concern of keeping aesthetic and hygienic and a beautiful land is not saying which is at the top of their priorities. Uh, because the, the, the hard scrabble nature of existence, especially as a Haredi Jew in Eretz Yisrael, makes it a luxury to have to be concerned with what plants are growing on, with whether the garbage is picked up and so on and so forth. I have to say, though, that on my most recent trip a couple of months ago, our listeners will remember, that Yerushalayim seemed cleaner than it had been. It seems like Yerushalayim, and maybe that has to do with the fact that Yerushalayim is, is, a, is a lot more variegated in terms of its population. They seem to have done a, 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 a very good job in pushing back against just strewing garbage. Well, I don't think the overcrowding Yerushalayim is anywhere near the level of Nebrak. I think that uh, Yerushalayim is uh, is large, but I don't think it's overcrowded like Nebrak, where, as the uh, fellow wrote, everything is subdivided into legal apartments. And I, I suppose the, the desire to be at the heart of, of the Haredi world pushes people away when there are areas like Nahariya and other places that I'm not saying that you can get a villa but you can live there and you won't necessarily have to live like, 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 I guess, again, it's, it's, it's like the Strummer's images of the Jews living in, in Germany. Like the, it, it would seem that, you know, the, there, there should be more of a kbeda now of, of, of keeping some sort of, of, of being mocked, on some sort of aesthetic sense of beauty. Oh, look, there's no question about Efrat when it was first built, was built with an ideal. And even though there was going to be a, a large amount of people living there, there still was a, a certain aesthetic beauty in Efrat. And I, I think that that is, is the case in many of the other cities. Well, Efrat is not Haredi. Uh, uh, um, if you go to Ramat Beit Shemesh, the area where the Haredim live, it's the same thing like Bnei Brak, desolate and, and bleak and uh, broken uh, equipment in the uh, playgrounds. Yes, well, again, it's a little bit different. My son was in Ramat Beit Shemesh, and maybe I think the various numbers of, of, of olives and gimels and bays and, and hay plus, there is a little bit of a difference between the areas. I think Ramat Beit Shemesh, they tried. They tried to insert parks at a certain distance from each other. I think Ramat Beit Shemesh, they were, were, it isn't as squalid as some of the other places in Eretz Israel. Remember, it's also surrounded by a beautiful mountain range. You can wake up in the morning and open a window and really be moved by the forest, by the mountains. B'nai Brak is really flat and, 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 and really intolerable, which, which I think takes me to my other point. The images of all, of all the Haredi, Yeshiva Bochrim, of 
the, the long coats and jackets. I'm thinking we're complaining about the 90 degree heat that we've had here and the humidity in the Northeast. And there, 90 is, is a balmy day between me and you. Does it really make sense that, that, that God would want, the Rabbanishon would want Haredi Jews who, who are Chorid with Varashem to, to be bedecked in the clothing that is, is, that drenches them in sweat to really imprison them in gabardine like this? It doesn't make sense. You and me, the people like, the people like the Pellet people, it makes infinite amount of sense. Because it's their Mesirus Nefesh. Their big thing is their Mesirus Nefesh for Teira and for Haredi Judaism and for the proper Ashkofe. So therefore, this is a, a, a Mesirus Nefesh and they have to show their Mesirus Nefesh. One of the ways to do it is by wearing the uniform. It's, it's to be Mishune Bimalbushim from the Goyim, I agree. But haven't the, uh, the Mizrahi Hevra, I'm talking about the, the yeshiva, Mizrahi, Kepper. Haven't they accomplished that much better? Yeah, you walk around in a, in a, sh- a white shirt, or maybe the top button is open. You have maybe sometimes short sleeves, but you, you don't look like a pushtak, right? You, yes, you, but maybe, then you can't pretend you're back in Poland. Right, which is, again, back in Poland makes no sense, right? But that's what they want to do. They want to say there's this, uh, you know, uh, embrace of the historical period, which it's not such a golden age as we know, but they depict as a golden age for their own convenience. And that requires uh, adhering to the standards of the golden age and pretending you're still in Krakow. It was an anomaly then, and it was necessary, perhaps, in order to stave off the hashba. But it would seem that a much more normal, regular style that didn't, especially in the summer, that 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 you know, doesn't... Really, we all know, and I think some of the place can even mention this, that the Derech HaMalbush changes based on the climate. And yet, when Rav Dessler moved to Eretz Yisrael, and he was sitting and learning B'nai Brak, and it was a sweltering hot day, and he took off his frock, and his Rebetzin said to him, the Rebetzin, of course, was the granddaughter of the Yalta from Kelm, and she said, Either the Tata or the Zayda, I think he said the Tata, a Nishkalant on our record. And he put immediately back on. And uh, we soon kept on. So surely Mrs. Dessler realized that Eric's soul is not Ketzed, right? And the climate is different. And yet, I, I, I guess, out Balabala Musser, Balabala Musser, Rav Dessler was required by his wife to wear his outer garment when learning. In very sharp contradistinction to the pictures we have of Moshe in, in the Catskills. That's right. Sleeves. And even Rav Chaim, there's pictures of Rav Chaim Zatzal also without his jacket on, sitting and learning in the hot B'nai Brak apartment. And I know that in the Bismedish itself, you can see the Bachamer in their white shirts. But the fact that they have to go and put that jacket on and walk in the street with the hat and jacket, it seems that in a place where the heat intensity is so great, they look like weirdos. And what happens is, is that if <laughs> the articles like the Wall Street Journal and other ones can now say, look, this is this strange sect that adheres to this strange mode of dress, despite uh, everything. It would seem halachically uh, there should be no problem. Uh, again, how you're mislabish lefnei ha-melech, 
Um, again, Chokham Avadia ruled very interestingly, and I think, again, me, Ani, Lach, like a love, but Chokham Avadia's psak about a hat and, and other types of psakim seems to be machish to Metzius, but to walk in the street and to be considered a Shababnik or some sort of uh, not makbed on mitzvahs because you don't want to schmitz seems to be very strange. And I think us sitting here isn't going to change any of this, as we know. Really? <laughs> I'm reminded of the story of Herbert Samuels. The British High Commissioner of Palestine uh, was shunted to meet Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld as the representative of the Haredi Yidin. And instead of meeting in a hotel, instead of meeting in a ulam, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Dafka wanted him to meet him in his home, which was in the old city. But his apartment was extremely small, cramped, and hot. And when Herbert Samuel came in and tried to get comfortable, he was very, very disturbed. And he asked him straightforward, maybe through an interpreter, why does the rabbi want me to meet here? So he took him to the window. And when he pointed out the window, they could see the koiso. And they saw on the side of the place, so the Arabs had had an area where they were dumping their garbage. He told him, how can you expect me to live any better when the Shechina is in such a state? So I'm saying, using Rabbi Yosef Chaim, maybe we need these images from the Wall Street Journal and Omar Moab. I'm not sure if he's a Moyavi or not. Maybe we need these images to say, oh, the Golas Ashkin in Eretz Yisrael, that if, if, if Eretz Yisrael is Taka Bezuya, like we talk about Nachem, it's Taka, it's, it's Bezuya, and maybe these images can perhaps propel us to imagine a messianic age where there is no urban blight. And maybe we're supposed to be, we look at this ugly reality and say, Rabbeinu Shailu, Hey, you know, yes, okay, there's a couple of beautiful spots, but most of it is really terrible. Bring us to the Gula Shleim of Esech HaZenei Neinu. Two things. First of all, uh, there's another, uh, something else which I wanted to look at from the other side, is I think it was Rav Shlomo Zaman required anybody who became a Rav to wear a, 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 a Itzel de Rabon. And I think that that's, uh, the day I got smicha from Zaman Lechemia, I started wearing a jacket in the street, which I had not done until then. And uh, I think that that is a, um, a flaw in the uh, religious Zionist society, is that there's no concept of an itzel darbonim, there's no concept of the Kavadah Torah requiring something above and beyond uh, just a, a shirt and, and trousers. Do you agree with me about that? We did a whole program where we talked about Kahana, right? We talked about the, the rabbinical candidate designate and he was, you know, decked out in an itzel with the rabbana. Um, I'm not, you weren't in a Hester yeshiva. So you tell me, your Rosh yeshivas in, in Shalavim, did they all, how did they walk around in the street? They all wear jackets. I think it's shy that the word itzel is labdavka. There's got to be a tzura, a rabbinical tzura. And maybe it means, uh, 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 maybe it means you don't unbutton. Maybe you don't wear the sandalim. Maybe it's a, a tie and, and, a, and a long sleeve shirt. But it shouldn't have to mean something where 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 you can bekoishi make it ten feet in the heat. No, I agree. That's why. But there should be something. There's got to be. Yes, there should be a difference, and people should recognize that's the Rosh Hashiva, and this is somebody else. Right? There's this Indian that Tamar Chacham should be different. The only time 
I think the religious Zionist rabbis put on the, the frock in Hamburg as if they had an official position with the government, because then I think they're required to do so. Anyway, the other point I wanted to make about this article in Wall Street Journal, this, this paragraph disturbed me. They said that this guy Mnuchin, who they interviewed as some younger, younger man from, from uh, Nebrak, he said, they argued that they contribute to the state in their own way by preserving Jewish tradition, providing divine protection for Israel. I don't think we're making any less of a sacrifice, Mnuchin said. I passed on the pleasures of this world. I've given up on restaurants, on the cinema, on going to clubs. I've given up many things in life. That's, that stuck in my craw a bit, because that's not true. You don't you didn't give up these things. You, you, you hold that this, these are things are trade. It's not that you are um, Polish because you don't go to the cinema, you don't go to clubs. You hold these things are, are uh, things which in are other words, In other words, it's a chutzpah to compare that to a number of years of army service where you have to go through basic training and you have to spend months and months on a base like my son did so you're right. It's, it's, it's a chutzpah. I think Mnuchin's point, this was just the standard raid, that we are protecting the country, that we live in a dedicated way that the Rabbanu Sholem recognizes. What you're saying is, is that a person who's raised from is not Avram Avinu, who decided to be Boicher in the Rabbanu Sholem and to be Moirid in, 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 in Avodah Zarah, right? Mnuchin didn't have, he had, as you were quoting Rav Dessler, his Nakuda Sabachira wouldn't even lead him to necessarily want to go and hang out in the clubs and the movies. Right. He's not giving anything, not giving anything that's not called giving anything up. Now, you know, I saw a good part this week from Mario Diskin, and it's, I think it's Ruya Dobro Misha Omboy. He deals with the Machlekes, Rishonim and Medroshim, whether the Mikdash Ashlishi will be Yoyrin Minashamayim, or like the Rambam says, Will we build that Mikdash Ashlishi along with the Mashiach will be Ma'iras to build the base of Mikdash? And of course, this is a uh, interesting, I guess, hash, debate in Ashkofe. Uh, Samuel Diskin said uh, he wanted to be miyash of this idea based on another kasha. We say in our Tfilas Musaf on Yom Tevim, Vaharenu bivinyanoi, Vesamcheinu Vesikunoi. So, what's the difference between seeing the binyan? And being besimcha on the tikkun of the of the bit, so the Maril wanted to say like this: Maril Diskin, that we know as we approach Tishabov, where we read the psukim about how the sharim of of Yerushalayim were tavua into the ground, and what's the reason for that? They're tavua because they're coming back, they're coming back, and when they come back, the Nei Yisrael are going to, in a way, be maimed them. But they're going to be maimed them how? There's going to be maybe a nechinami. There's going to be taka, a mikdash, hashlishi, that's ruchnius. But, as the Gemara and Bavasra teaches us, that if you are, if you're machzik bin nichse and you have one guy builds the platrid, and the ener comes in, the second guy comes and puts in the dlosais, so he's kinda. Because a platrin without the dlosis, the, the balad dlosis is the one who's really making it a, a dover shom. So, enachinami, the rabbinic shom gives that super energized power of mikdash down to us with our, through our tfilis and through our sfuyos. But then the shorim that we, our ancestors, helped build and that we once again get a hold of, we're maimed those shorim. And when we're maimed those shorim, we're mesak in it. And that's a simcha for us. 
There's a, there's a, yes, Harenu, oh, look at this amazing thing. But we don't have the simcha because we didn't do it. And we're happy that the base Hamikdash has come. But when we create the tikkun of it, that's the samcheinu b'tikkunai. And that's the mikdash that, 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 that's yibane, not tivne, but as the, as the, as the lotion of the Ramah in Simen Kufchov Gimel and Shulchan Aruch is that yibane amikdash, that he gets built as a combination of the Rabbeinu Shalom and us. There has to be our chalik. There has to be our chalik of what, I'm not, I'm not saying gula b'derechateva, I'm not talking necessarily about building a tzvihersh kalasher. However, there needs to be the dover that we are maimed. We rediscover, and it's not from Poland, buddy. We rediscover those shorim. We rediscover those shorim that are tavuim. Yeah, but I hate, hate to break it to you, buddy, that the same, the same uh, lack of uh, care for the, the image of Eretz Yisrael and its covet is underlines the attitude of us in Golos, the people who dismiss climate change as being woke and, and irrelevant. It's the same attitude. It means we don't care about what the Goyim say about ecology, about the climate, about anything to do with science. It's all either hogwash or irrelevant. And therefore, hygiene too. What's the difference? Baruch Hashem, we can at least fight about something. How, what are you conflating over here? The woke ideas of climate change. Neither of us, you know, we. It's poked the Zelda's out. Look, you can show me charts and, and images of the carbon gas emission, and you can show me about the carbon footprint, and you can show me the image, Nebuch, of the polar bear who's on the ice cap, who's like sitting there, Nebuch, where are my friends? Because I'm stuck over, everything is melting. And yet, yeah, I don't know, and neither do you. So you, so you, why do you, you're believing these ever that say that, that we are in a terrible situation. That you might understand, the glaciers are melting. It's, by the way, it's also the same thing with COVID, anti-vax. So that's also part of it. So in other words, the attitude that, that science you don't trust means that we, we don't, we don't care about mice and neighborhood. It's the same attitude. You know that that's not true. No, right? it's, it is true. It's a, it's a, a bizarre, to things which the Goyim think are important, or the Chilonim think are important. So, therefore, I'm willing to live in squalor. Yes, and, and take pride in it. I'm living my mother's nefesh. That I don't have that gosh me as uh, concern for this world and anything. It, 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 uh, okay, it, look, you know, all of our all of our listeners, I'm sure you guys are going to be going on vacations, going places. Uh, how many electric car owners do we have out there? How many people who have changed? Very that's right. Okay. Although I don't have electric cars. I think electric cars is a sham anyway. So I don't know if it really uh, makes a difference. Okay. So, and, and how many people have, have put solar panels on their, on their roof and aren't necessarily get, do, is it really making an afghamina? I don't know. Yes. The world has definitely altered and changed. Uh, but remember, our, 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 our form It's also of- the same attitude which underlies the fact that the, this government, one of its first acts was to repeal the tax on sugar drinks. In what it, who cares if it's healthy, not healthy? You, you, you want to conflate everything, obesity. And, yes. And, and, every, every, let's just, in other words, we don't care about anything. Right. Tere, tere, no, tere. I'll agree with you that there's a lack of synthesizing and use of scientific knowledge on daily life. But the, really, the, the Rabbonim and Paiskim make pretty good use of, of scientific understanding when it comes to developing stuff for Shabbos, 
this, whether it's uh, closed circuit televisions to be used in different areas. First of all, that's more that's already, those are the peripheral Haredim, the ones that already have like a little bit of a le- leg in the non Haredim. And, and, and all about, how about all the wonderful Rabonim in the Hashgachas that can tell you about every single type of refrigerator, exactly how to use it, right? They, it isn't just a Halakha Kurkovin. There's a tremendous push, in fact, I would say even overkill to understand the physical metzias of so many things. I so don't, my, I don't know what, you, what are you talking about? Just because the picture books are clear? What I'm talking about is, is that there's, a, the, the, whether it's in Kashras, whether it's in uh, Hilcha Shabbos, you can see articles a, a, about DNA, about the use of DNA in Halacha. You see them coming out of Satmar? Actually, the Or Yisrael, which is a Shtikola Satmar journal, had a couple of wonderful articles about using DNA. And they knew, okay? So the Talmud HaChomim are basically knowledgeable. The ones on the street, well, take people on the street here in the most liberal city in the world. They could spout, you know, ridiculous quotes, but they know nothing about the real science. They don't really understand Celsius from Fahrenheit. They don't really know, oh, yes, global warming. Like, they know nothing. The average boob is a boob, no matter where they are. So it makes not for me. I would say Rabbonim, Paiskim, Tamil Chachamim, they do make selective use of the best scientific knowledge. And that's been the case really for years when it's a question. Hey, but that's true for, for things which have to do directly with Halach. It's not there's a peripheral Halacha, like, should we have a nice park in the neighborhood? No, they're not going to look at the science of urban or urban studies. Right, because there they look at another aspect of halacha, which is the rove governs things. I, I went through Rebel Yoshev's psalm, I mean, it was his yurt site this week, and you can see that there's a gisha that Rebel Yoshev in the G'day Rebbe's command, which was that a community has a certain kayach, and if this is something that's within their gedarim, that yechidim have to either shtels of tzu or not shtels of tzu, and that works you can't superimpose upon a community an ideal that the members of the community don't subscribe to. I'm not sure what, uh, you're just supporting my point. In other words, in B'nai Brak, the majority of the people don't care if raw, raw sewage flows through the street. So therefore, you have to show to that majority. You right. you know, look, when, 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 when Yeshua came into Eretz Yisrael, he made Asura Takonis, and they were those type of ecological Takonis. Yeah, you're but now, nowadays, they make them. Those are, those are, yeah, now they're being regarded as Yonish well, as Rebel Yoshev himself says in, uh, in a psak about selling uh, medical organs, he said, we should, if we had the koyach to have a, a beznagodo, this would be the type of thing that we could legislate an answer. But he was, he was very aware that that was not the case. Despite his work in Heichel Shloiba, he knew that you weren't able to do that. But of course, I think he, he and his kishkas, as does every Talmud Chacham, who's worth his salt, know that the things have to be done. But we can't necessarily legislate them. The people vote. The people are in control. Now, what's interesting, and again, this is really a side question, where you have Dina de Mahusa. What about if whoever is in charge of the of, of, of the ruling party in Eretz Yisrael decides, Latoivas, the, the country, that we are now going to institute national laws of hygiene, and now the question would be, are they violating that? And is, is it in, in terms of, are they in violation of the law? That would be another question. And that really gets into the heart of another discussion that Rabbi Yoshev and other places can dealt with, and, 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 and even Rabbi Zevin, 
was what is the nature of Dina de Machusa Dina in Eretz Yisrael? In, in some ways, as you know, it has a little bit of a different angle than Dina de Machusa here in America. Question whether that's just about because re- relates to taxes or it also relates to things which have to do with Nizka Shreinim. I don't know anybody who holds it necessary that was written that does not apply to Nizka Shreinim. I'm sure that there are the many people who fear the Chazoy. I don't know anybody who's written that explicitly. No, but the way Rebel Yoshev is magdered is like this that the Hizchaivasim, if you violate the law, is 100% your Machuyev to pay. But you're not, but it's not Havaras Ha'isim. In other words, it's not called a Maisa Yisur. But if you're, if they consume you and they catch you, and they give you the papier, they give you the paper, and this, then you have to pay. You can't get out of paying. You have to pay me'ikar adid, because that much the malchus is, whether you, whether you like it or not. But it doesn't necessarily create a situation where <laughs> the same way I keep every mitzvah the Rabbonin, and I'm, I'm makbid to make this, the, 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 the Mogan Abram's man Krishma, I'm machuyiv, right? I'm machuyiv to, to be misnagapi the chukim. Uh, that might, uh, I don't know if that's true by Nisqa Shkainim, though. In Nisqa Shkainim, I think, since this Shkainim is based, as the tour says, on the Rachel Darchinoya, the Pashtus is that you would have, if you're over an Isser, if you don't adhere to the Rachel Darchinoam as imposed by the government. That's what I would say. Yeah, but who imposed that? That was, that was imposed Menachutz by the government. Well, the government is, a, wait a minute, the government is the representatives of the people. That's what they imposed, because they represent the people and they decide this is ideal for the people to have. Remember the the the, the shchuna in, in Bnei Brak or whatever area. Why the shchuna in Bnei Brak? It's part of Eretz Yisrael. The shchuna in Bnei Brak is not a self-governing entity. So according to Rebbe Yoshev, let's say we had there's a law you're not allowed to have your sponge of water go on somebody else's porch. But they're not machmir. Many people in Bnei Brak let's say are not machmir. I'm sure they are, but let's say they weren't. Right. So can I not be tovea you to uh to, to, did, to make you pay the nezek or the government you know to make you stop? Because it's Dina Machusa that you should not have your sponge of water pouring down on me. And you're letting, and you're saying, well, the Minigam Nebrak is to let the sponge of water pour, pour, down, pour down. Okay, this is a little bit of a complex question. First of all, could you be master? Could you master on the guy to the government? Could you report him to the government? I say yes, and I believe you can. I think that most of can say you can. If it's something where there's no compliance is demanded by halacha, but it's something which the government would demand compliance for, and it is something which is rational and reasonable. I, I think Rabbi Yosef would disagree because if it, if it has a shame hezek that you could be toiveya bedid. It's not shame hezek. It's nisqa shchenim. You know, it was just um, uh, by the time my sponge of water go on your balcony, I'm not being mazik you, just causing you discomfort. So I can I can sushtel the case that I looked into, which was there seems to be a law in many many cities in Eretz Yisrael that you cannot have what's considered loud boisterous noise after eleven o'clock. But Rebel Yoshev was asked about a, a community that had, that was adhering to this. And there was a, a family that wanted to make a Sheva Brochus, but it couldn't start until around 10 o'clock because of the Chosnikal and the various people coming. So they knew that it would extend into past 11, maybe towards midnight, and they would be doing the normal singing and dancing in a rush. So Rebel Yoshev said that if they were, if they want to set up a chasana hall there, that would be wrong. That would be also for them to do. Because clearly the community has been macabre. But here, since it's only one time, even though technically they could have been mastered on and they would have to, he says, ein lachsha, ein lachshish, and you can have the shaver brachas. It's a pella. It's a pella. 
that also justifies, uh, let's say, what happened several years ago, Carlin stole, Carlin stole putting up bleachers, and then people dying because the bleachers couldn't, couldn't support all the people. Okay, so one second. Rabbi Yosha says, where, when he talks about the traffic laws. So he says, the traffic laws in Eretz Israel, he says, you have, if you're stopped by a policeman, you have to pay me or I did. You can't do any shyster stuff to get out of the payment, and you owe it, 100%. However, the ones that you're mechuyiv to keep are the ones that clearly are about nezek For example, speeding or running a red light, there, the reason why you have to be shamer them is because you're mazik, the tzibur, you're, you're endangering the tzibur by running a red light, by driving faster than the speed limit. You're clearly in danger of hurting someone. But, however, let's say you get caught by the police for not wearing your seatbelt. You definitely have to pay, but you're not over an issue of, of not wearing the seatbelt. I'm not asking about that right now. I'm not asking you, you as an individual. I'm talking about uh, whether somebody can be to you in front of the authorities because you're making too loud a noise at night and they can't sleep. I think it's a yes. I think it's a double pressure. They can. Rabbi Yoshev says if you see somebody who is driving like a Meshuggah consistently. So he says if the only way you can stop him is by being mastering on the authorities, so you're helping the whole seaboard. Like Chochem has a similar psak. When you discover someone, you're in the line in the DMV, and you know the guy in front of you has epilepsy, and he's and he's going to get a, he's going to get a license. You're mechuy. You have to go tell the authorities you shouldn't give this guy a license because you know you're stopping a sakana. Right. I understand. But my question now is to you is about quality of life issues, which are not sakana. And I can I would contend that quality of life issues are sufficiently legitimate that a person could master on them because they have no other way of of. Rebel Yoshev says once in a while everybody understands that. Rebel Yoshev says that everybody understands that these quality of life issues, the community can decide, and everyone knows there's going to be a yotzadayfin once every couple of weeks. There's going to be a situation where it is loud. Right? They're not, they, they weren't trying to be ma'akar the idea that people should be uh, running ballyhooed after 11. I, it's usher. I, Lemaisev, the guy who saw it, could take the guy to, to Mishpat. Rebel Yoshev holds, you're not bound by that. You don't find this disturbing? Well, let me tell you something even better. Rebel Yoshev has a case where there was a, a Haredi Shkuna, and everybody in there who bought apartments was Haredi, and there was a person who owned an apartment who ended up renting it to a friar. And the person was fry, he was Machal Shabbos openly, etc. So, Rebel Yoshev said that the other Shechinim can force him to be Mavato, the Mekach. Even though that goes against, that goes against fair housing, you rented him the thing, right? He can't live there, he's paying the rent. But Rebbe Yoshev says that the community decides. This is a Haredi community. Everybody who moves here understands that. And therefore, the master... And I, would, has, I would hope that the, that the Fry family... And Eretz Yisrael wouldn't work because everything is corrupt. But I would hope that the Fry family actually would sue the pants of the community because if they say they're going to adhere to community standards, then they should not be able to, to reject them just because they're not from... So that's what, what Rabbi Yoshi is saying is that no, even though they adhere to community standards, we don't want a fry person in the community. No, no. If if you expect that fry person to 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 live like a fry person, being machalot and doing uh, a virus befarhesi in front of other people, they brought another case where they were modern, where they where they rented to a modern couple, where the woman did not cover her hair exactly the same way, and they had a Rabbi Yoshi says there you can't. He says there you can't say well we're we're, we're this way right. If it's something where it's a total hafra, 
then the community can, you can be mavato the chose, you mavato the contract. I'm trying to bring you these examples to show you that in the eyes of Rabban Emeritus Yisrael, who, who follow Rabbi Yoshev and his Pesachim, they see each neighborhood, each community as almost as a fiefdom that has a certain sense of control where the government is really, okay, if they, if we get mastered on, we've got to pay because Sof Kol Sof, they protect us. Sof Kol Sof, without them, the Iron Dome wouldn't be there, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not that we have to be misnayed according to their chok. I understand. Therefore, there, that's what justifies Mabrak. And that's why this guy, Omer, whatever his name is, to pray that someday the whole Medina will, will when the Haredim take over, they'll run the whole country like that. You know, I looked at that article and again, you know, they had a, it had a chart, right? It had a chart and the chart shows you and I'm looking at it. And of course, maybe it's because of how old I am. And I see, then I see 65 and I'm thinking to myself, 65, it's growing. No, 65, there were less Haredim. And then I realized that the chart is really telling you where Eretz Yisrael is going to be in the year 2065, around 40 years from now. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to think about that. To me, it's like the Chafetz Chaim wrote, the Chafetz Chaim in his Cheshboinus and Hilchas Kiddush HaKodesh says, oh, here I don't have to tell you anymore because by here the Mashiach will definitely be here. So, don't you, Rabbi Yosef, Gavriel Berchalfer, don't you really believe Mashiach will be here by then? 2065, we're not going to have Mashiach? If you would have asked me if Mashiach wouldn't be here by the year 2000, who said it's not Shrach, he had to be here by the year 2000. And if Mashiach says, we still, there's still the same issue. No, no, no. In the meantime, just it's the same because I'm from and I believe Mashiach, which is beautiful. That for Gaza, I don't have to worry about the future. I can't, I cannot conceive. It's true that there's, that, that my grandchildren will not be living be my Sabashio. It's, it's not shy for me to think that. Okay, Motik, neither do your grandparents think it's not shy for you to be living in the time when the Mashiach is not here. Same you thing. know what? Intellectually, I know that. But when I look at way into the future, every bone in my body says, look, maybe we'll daven starker. There's something that's, for me, I have to, I, I need, and you and me and every, all of our risk listeners, <laughs> we have to be mindmen and we have to be mindmen that it's a possibility. It could talk, be, it could talk, be, but and we can talk do it. So when I see all these charts about, I can understand how the B'nai Brockers and everybody else, they're not despoiled. It's not that they hate science. It's that they hope that there's going to be a base Hamikdash coming down. And Einachinami, we're going to be misakin things. And we're not going to, like you say, like the Rambam, we're not going to just, you know, let everything, let the nukes go out. We're going to be good gatekeepers. We can all agree on that. And Mashiach Shukam, we should not have Tishbav next week. We should be. Season eight and Rizcha Daraisa, which will be Lamala Minateva. We will be hopefully broadcasting to you in a way where. It'll be the Zman of, of Sahova, the Simcha, Wakulam. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.